And when your revenue stream gets cut off overnight, mm-hmm. you fucking panic. Yeah. Right. You, I don't, you had enough money to create other sources of income yeah, too. So that wasn't the excuse. It was right? no yeah. excuse. Yeah. 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 Um, and a wise man once told me, Hey, not everything lasts forever. Right. And I never, it, it went on deaf ears. Mm-hmm. So coming into this space, I'm like, that will never happen to me and my family ever again. Yeah. If one gets knocked off, I got two more that's going to keep us, us rolling. Yeah. Whatever your situation is currently is not your forever situation. That's really what real business owners is, man. Like, we don't care where you come from. Yeah. Where are you going? Our goal and our job is to reduce the mistakes that you have to make or the money that you have to lose. We created a text hotline just to add value to you guys as listeners. It's 435-515-3577. If you guys have questions, anything to do with your taxes, shoot us a text. You want to be an entrepreneur, you want to be successful, don't give up. You learn, adjust, and continue to move forward. What's up, Real Business Owners? Welcome back to another episode of the Real Business Owners Podcast. Mm. As always, you got me and Trev. Yes, yes, and yes. today we got a special guest. This is our friend. Came all the way out from North Carolina. And I'm going to say, before I introduce you, like I was just scrolling TikTok, and his story was like so awesome to me. I was like, dude, I want to meet this guy. So well, I sh- shot him a message. He's like, yeah, dude, I'd yeah. love to come get on your podcast. And it's taken a few months, yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. but we've stayed in contact, and it's just... Dude, like what he's doing too, as I followed your content, um, like, dude, you really are changing the game. Like I put in the story this morning, I was like, dude, you're changing the game, bro. Like the big dogs are reaching out to him, like teach us how to sell this in wholesaling. Like, you know, like something's wrong, right? But he's, he's come into the game with his sales background and has a a process that works for almost any industry. And so he's really, um, what do they call that? Like an outlier, an outlier, um, someone that's kind of like. What is it when you're shaking up an industry, though? Badass. Disruptor. Oh, a disruptor. Yeah. He's a disruptor. <laughs> That's why we brought him on. He's going to find all the words that we can fucking find. The other thing yeah. I really like. He's liked, in sales. His, his vocabulary is deep. Disruptor. Yeah. I like that he's, uh, dude, yeah. he's from a phone, he's from the phone background oh, like yeah. us, dude. Like, yeah. he came up in the, and the phone sales is like a powerful thing, but not, it's not, not everyone can do it, man. There's Just, door knockers that can't do it, yeah. and there's. Phone guys that can't do door knocking. Yeah. There's face to face. All these different sales types. Smile and dog. And uh, he's say, yeah. he's one of us, dude. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> welcome Eric Klein. Yeah. To that to um, the show. I'm excited to have you, dude. Yeah. Likewise. This is like I've been looking forward to this one. Like, um, well, Kel showed me the the um, whatever I think it was like the first TikTok you posted, and I I thought it was badass. Yeah, you know, it's really just good. Uh, raw, vulnerable. You know, yeah. like. I think a lot of people that um, ha- have a speckled past love it. Um, <laughs> that that own that um have no shame in their game of where they've been where they're headed what they're doing um so to see somebody kind of talk about that be vulnerable because there's so many people that might have a rolls royce and other people pull up next to them and they look at them like oh they're so lucky but all you were doing is looking around at everybody else hoping that they were looking at you and your rolls royce just so that you can get some validation and significance which is the wrong place to be getting it right like you should just be doing amazing things that make you feel good make you feel whole that make you feel significant and that's really you know what it comes down to and you went through a a point which i think we all do we all go through uh, especially young and hustlers money's gonna fix it all and then we get it all and we're like looking around and we almost feel less than empty and like emptier when we get it than on the chase to it, because at least when we were chasing it, there was hope for something better. Yeah. And then when you actually have it, you're just like, 
now what? Yeah. There's no hope for anything better because you finally got everything that was going to give you hope to make it better. Yeah. Right. And so just watching that, it resonated with me cool. and 400 and something thousand other people. Yeah. Yeah. Know? So, yeah, I know. yeah. So I, I guess, I guess, it, you know, you were speaking to me. I guess you spoke to half a million people on that one, you know. So I appreciate people like you that are just going out there, you know, talking truth because that's really the truth, truth yeah. of success is far more than money. You right. have to be a complete. A human being to even make it worth it or else success will actually be your demise. Mm-hmm. It'll be the thing that, that eats you inside fr- yeah. from the inside when nobody yeah. else knows that it's happening. Right. right. And so mm-hmm. um, you're a badass, bro. Appreciate so you, man. we're happy to have you on and, you know, hear your story and share your story with other individuals that might be wanting to be a badass too. Cool. Yeah. You know? Well, I appreciate so, yeah. both you having me. Yeah, yeah of course, yeah. man. St. George is the shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, it really cool. is. Yeah. It's funny. A lot of people come in here, like, come in as a guest or whatever, like, man, this area, I love it. You yeah. Know? And I think uh, for the last, I don't even know, 10 plus years, we've been one of the top fastest growing cities in the nation per capita. Really? Right? You know, so it's not like... You know, if we have 10,000 people move here and we only had 100,000 people, that's a 10% increase. Yep. So it's per capita, not yeah, necessarily, yeah. you know, big cities that have a half a million people, but they're so big that per capita, we're still beating them. Nice. So we've expanded mm-hmm. quite a bit since yeah, we were been growing, uh, we get growing a, up here. But it's a beautiful area and you can see why people want to move here. Hidden you gym. know what I mean? Yeah. So um, <laughs> tell us a little bit about you. Where'd you grow up? I can go. So Rockford, Illinois. Rockford, Illinois. Right outside of Chicago. It sounds like a, it sounds like a nice place. Armpit of America. Sounds like a nice place. Yeah, <laughs> not at all, dude. Yeah, no. If I, if, no. So the, t- the town I really grew up in was called Love's Park. Yeah. Well, you just associate <laughs> the closest, next biggest yeah. thing that somebody might be familiar right. with. You're just like, so no. <laughs> I say Chicago, but I'm yeah. not really from Chicago. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, man, grew up for, uh, in a... Broken family. Yeah, what does um, that mean? Broken, broken family. family, man. It's like, how do you define that with with, with the way that you grew parents up? that argued nonstop? Yeah, you yeah. know, I think they stayed together because they had kids. They had us at a young age. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I remember was there drugs, alcohol, all that involved, or was it just toxic so th- yelling environment? My my father yeah. uh, sipped the sauce pretty good, man. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, he's never claimed to be an alcoholic, but. Uh, I, I would label it you, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, my mom, you know, when they split up, my mom did everything she could to to provide for three boys. Yeah. Uh, wild know, boys, I would wild. guess, if you were one of them. I, I, was, <laughs> yeah. I was the middle. Yeah. And uh, I was more than she could handle. Yeah. Um, and I can't see that. Yeah, it was it was rough, man. It was rough on her. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was rough on the family yeah. what I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. really was. Yeah. Uh, my brother, you know, my older brother was the jock, gravitated towards my father. My younger brother was a mama's boy. I was in the middle, mm. and I, I never, ever felt a part of my own family. Yeah. And it wasn't because they didn't love me. Like, I, I, it was all internal shit. Yeah. And uh, for years, I, I didn't, didn't feel a part of. And uh, at 13 years old... The first time I ever put alcohol or any mood or mind-altering substance yeah. in my body, yeah. I literally blacked out, puking, pissing on myself, but I loved the feeling, mm. meaning it numbed everything that I had felt. Yeah. And for 13 years old, uh, you know, at a young age, I went from 13 to 28, and I, for all those years, numbed myself to the point where 
I couldn't feel shit. Mm. Um, kicked out of high school, kicked out of the military. You know, I remember the day my, my mother pulled up to a parking lot and there was all four branches of the military. She says, we're not leaving the parking lot until, until, you pick one. until you're in one of these. Mm-hmm. and uh, just out of didn't know which one to do, scored as low as you could possibly score on an ASVAP test yeah. to get in. Yeah. I, so don't, like, I, I need to pull up my record, and you can pull up yours. We can put them head-to-head. <laughs> Dude, so I was do you have a clue as, what you scored? Do you, like, can you even guess what you might have scored? I don't remember mine either because I went in. I, I went think, in, too. I think I, I scored a 40, drugs. like, two. Yeah. I thought I was, like, 26 or 28 or some shit like that. I don't know if you can go that low. I but, don't either. <laughs> um, I, dude, I don't, I don't know. But like yeah. literally when they put me at a computer to start taking the test, I didn't give a fuck. Didn't either. Because dude. I was still just blown out, like, yep. you know, using pills and yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. whatever. And, and like, it was kind of like a half-hearted attempt of getting better, yeah. but like not really wanting to put in the work, but wanting to get better. Of course. And so they put you in front of a computer and I was just like, there's some math shit. Like mm-hmm. I can do push-ups. Like I can't do math, right. you know? And so I would just kind of go, th- I wasn't taking it seriously. Yeah, so yeah. I abs- yeah. But then they, that's because they said, do you have any um, court fines or back taxes? And I looked at them and I said, yeah. And they said, well, what is, I said, both, you know, uh-huh. I got back taxes and I have court fines. I'm a troublemaker. It just right. is what it is. And they said, go sit over there, take the test, whatever, whatever. Yeah. And so I didn't really take it seriously because they already pretty much told me that I wasn't going to get in. So, yeah. um, you know, I'm trying to compete. <laughs> We're trying to be, Who's the dumbest? You know, like I've never, you know, I, I've, I've never had anybody to compete against. I, I wish I knew my score too. Yeah, I had yeah. to retake it because they were like, "Oh, you you qualify for these jobs down at the bottom yeah. within the military." And I was like, "Well, I kind of want at least that job because if I go in the military, I want to end up being a pilot. That was my yeah. my ambition going yeah. in." I already had a kid though, bro. I was on the same track as you, same family, like. Sounds like anyway, you know what I mean? Like literally same thing as drinking at 13, starting to smoke weed. I was the only weed dealer in middle school. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but dude, like I had a kid at 18 before I got out of high school and that kind of like, I, that's why I was going to the military. I was like, oh, I got to take you this ended ASVAB. up going or not? I ended up going. I took you the ASVAB. Up. I went all the way through, got sworn in and everything, but I never went to boot camp. Really? I, was, he got I got into, into sales, sales, man. And I was, he started oh, making yeah. money. I was like, I'm not going to give okay. up this money for that right. money, yeah. you know? Yeah. So, I so didn't how end old up going. were you when your mom pulled up and said, pick one? 19. Okay. 19, ended up going to the to the Navy, Navy. gave me a $5,000 sign-on bonus, and dropped me in Hawaii at, with, with a massive problem, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, that was not the right solution for me. Yeah. Well, a lot of times people think that, let's just run away. Yeah. And some parents think, let's ship them away. Let's ship let's them away. They, yeah, let's get yeah. them out of their circumstance or their environment, which is, I could see their thought process in it, but they're still shit yeah in the being that needs to be yeah uh, corrected right so I, sh- I show up there and and now mind you this is somebody with a low self-esteem insecure about who i was right mm-hmm. um like a lot of internal stuff that i had never dealt with yeah so you put me in a environment where i know nobody i have a drinking problem i never had money yeah and five thousand dollars at 19 years old for somebody insecure yeah. with a problem around a bunch of strangers. Yeah. So like I was trying to buy my way into friendships. Hey, come to come with me to the bar, yeah, you let's know, have some yeah. drinks or party so out. Right. it, it, it was a train wreck fast for me in the military. Uh, I was in for two and a half years, got put on a 90 day restriction four times. Mm. Do the math. I was stuck on a boat half the time I was in the military. And uh, the last time I, I got 
two DUIs in the military. Uh, I got four DUIs by the time I was 22. Me too. Uh, really? <laughs> Not 22. I mean, I, it, took me, it took me until I was like 23 or 4. So right. you beat same, me there. Same you beat thing, me there. dude. My first one was when I was 17, though. So Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I remember the, the captain. You know, you get in trouble. You got to go stand up in the captain's little room. And I had all my superiors there. And I'm standing at attention. And he's like, Eric, just sit down. He's like, Let, let's just talk this out. Like, what, what the hell's going on? Yeah. And he goes, what should I do with you? The captain's asking <laughs> yeah. me, what should I do with you? And I'm like, just send me home, dude. Like, there's We've no- went through the protocols. You're unhelpful. Yeah. What do we do now? Yeah. yeah. I said, you're going to put me on the, I'm going to be stuck on the boat. In 90 days, you're going to let me off. I'm going to run wild. And you're going to do the same thing to me. Mm. And he's like, all right, cool. I'll give you an other than honorable to exit the military and that's what I left with other than honorable and uh so that was what 19 20 21 22 for the next six years my life spiraled just completely out of control the the drug that I said I would never do crack cocaine Mm. uh I ended up trying it at like 22 23 years old and I did not stop until I was 28, multiple treatment centers, uh, you know, were other people sending you to treatment or were you wanting to try to get better yourself or was everybody trying to get you better? So you would just say all the right things and say, yeah, I want to go like half-heartedly. You wanted to quit. Like, yes, you don't like this lifestyle, but you don't hate it enough to actually leave it. You were just going to rehabs to appease, please other people. Yes. Exactly. Keep a job. Yeah. Keep yeah. a room, Same keep, thing. you know, stay yeah, at my mom's I, house. Yeah. Stay all the I was doing it for you and, and all the wrong reasons. Yeah. Yeah yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not for yourself. Yeah. No. And then um the last so the last using for me was I was black uh, so I was a union carpenter in Chicago mm. and I was blackballed from every single company. I was not allowed on a union job site. Mm. And I I needed money, so I ended up forging some papers so I could get the the little bit of money I had in my annuity or 401k or whatever I had through the, yeah, uh, through the, the union. union. Yeah. And it was $3,500. And that's a lot of crack in it. Well, it lasted eight days. So I was renting a room from three guys that were in college. Didn't know who they were. And for eight days, the dope man would be at the back door, like clockwork. He knew exactly what I would run out. And so, um, I'm 28 at the time, and I so for eight days straight, no sleep. And if you've ever went multiple days without sleep, you get into eight days, you are hallucinating like no oh, yeah. other. Right. Yeah, I've been sleep a, a couple of days, and I thought paranoid is. Oh, AF. dude! I went and knocked <laughs> on my parents' neighbor's door and said, "Do you know?" that bird nest in your tree, the cops put it there and it's a camera facing our house. Bro. Like literally making, dude, dude. every car that drove by was watching me. A helicopter flew, dude, they're after us. All right, so. Like shit we, like that. We hear the yeah. same shit then. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. On, on the last day, I, so I hear helicopters. <laughs> 
That's why when you said yeah, this, yeah. I'm like, oh, bro, he's fucking heard yeah, my story yeah, before. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I've, I've lived it. Bro. I know. Yeah, like, we could just, hey, thank you. I'll tell his story <laughs> yeah. from this point on. Right. You know, because we've lived it. Yeah. So I hear, uh, no, for eight days, um, too paranoid to go out of a room yeah. across the hallway to, to piss in a toilet because when the piss would hit the water, it would be too loud. Right. Yeah. And people would hear me. How often did you peek out the blinds? Dude, I had this room barricaded, yeah. like barricaded. I was in a room for eight days. I had bath towels in a corner. I was pissing in the bath towels, wow. not leaving the room. The only time I would go out is to light the dope off the stove. Mm. And I was using a socket that you would do bolts with. Yeah. I was stripping the cords of, of uh, lamp, lamps. I would strip the cords, get the copper out of it, stuff that, put the crack in there. I didn't have a lighter. So I was doing the flame off the stove. My cheeks had blisters, eyebrows completely gone, eyelashes completely gone. I'm 138 pounds at the time. Yeah. And so I hear helicopters swarm in the building. I hear police show up, ambulance. My uh, The front door got kicked in. I was in a, they, they all came down the hallway. My mother was out there screaming and crying, saying, leave him alone, he's dead. Just leave them be. My older brother was out there fighting with the paramedics, trying to get in the room. And then there was, you know, all the commotion of the police dogs and all that shit. And uh, on three, they got everybody back and they said, on three, we're going to kick the door in and go in and revive them. I heard them lift the stretcher because they were getting ready to Turn pivot it, it and to get go it in into there, the throw room. Your body on it, yeah. And uh, they said, one, two, and I, I fucking kicked the door open and I was standing in a hallway by myself in my underwear. I had hallucinated all of it. Wow. And since that day, wow. August 9th of 2009, wow. I quit fucking. For me, it was, dude, you either are going to die yeah. or you're going you're gonna to do this for, for one reason and one reason only, and that's to live. Yeah. Well, for no one else. Wow. Mm. Dude, that's so that a, was the end. Yeah, wow. I would call it the beginning. Or that, that was yeah. the beginning, bro. <laughs> Fuck, yeah. that was the end of the, all the good times. Yeah. Ever since then, I've been responsible. And right, yeah. I, I feel stress. Yes. I feel now. So that's, that was the beginning. Yeah, that was yeah. the beginning of, yeah. of the, the battle for me. How did you find um, mm-hmm. How did you wow. find cells? So, like, because you... I remember talking last night at dinner, like, you, you know, you met Shyla in recovery yeah. and all that stuff. Like, did you, and then you guys started, you know, that company, but, yeah. um, the first company, which, which I'd love to hear more about, but, um, how did you find sales? Cause obviously you went into that company, like with some sales. Yeah. So ability, I had eight bucks to my name when yeah. I left Chicago that day, Yeah, there was a, a guy I used to do dope with and he, he had some clean time. He got like three years clean and I actually called him up not knowing he was clean, yeah. you know, thinking maybe check. I got eight bucks, bro. Yeah. Like, no, well, just to kind of <laughs> see yeah. where he yeah, was yeah, at. Yeah, 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 I mean, yeah. I, and he was like, dude, I got three years clean. He ended up putting me on a plane, put, uh, getting me some clothes and putting me in Fort Lauderdale, Florida mm. to check myself into a treatment center. And, uh, when mm. I got out of treatment, my first job was bussing tables uh, for two weeks, they ended up in two weeks. I got a check for $147 for bus and tables. Yeah. And I was like, dude, where the fuck is my life going right now? Mm. Like I had at the time, probably 90 days clean, maybe around a hundred and some days clean actually. 
And uh, Shiloh, my wife, girlfriend at the time, comes and picks me up from this restaurant. I couldn't even be a waiter, dude. Like I was terrible. Yeah, I was bro. a fucking busboy. Yeah. Cleaning up after the waiters. Like, yeah. that at 28 is I all sh- I thought I was worth. I should have been yeah. a busboy because, like, the tips I would get, I would show up so fucking hungover. Like, yeah. th- I'd throw up in the back and I'd be coming out, like, with tears still in my eyes. Like, how's everything? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, people would literally write, like, on the tip portion. Yeah. Be a better server. Right. That was the tip to me. Yeah. Like, in other words, you're not getting any money. Get better. Yeah. You know, so that lasted, like, yeah. two months. So I, I did that, and when they handed me the check for the first time, like, in with me being clean, yeah, I was like, I had the fuck it's again. I'm like, fuck this. This is yeah. ridiculous. I'm going back to Chicago, and Shiloh comes and picks me up because, again, I'm 28, no license, no yeah. nothing. yeah. And uh, I remember getting in her car and I fucking throw her the check. I'm like, fuck this shit. You know, I'm, I'm going back to Chicago. And she's like, I think you need to go to a meeting and share about this. So I went to a, an NA meeting, yeah. right? And opened my mouth, got vulnerable. A couple guys gave me some money to pay my halfway house rent, which kept me in Florida, which is getting to the point, how did I get into sales? Yeah. That night, she goes to drop me off at my halfway house. There was a white piece of paper hanging on the door that said telemarketers wanted $15 an hour. Yeah. And that piece of paper has forever changed my life. Mm. It was a guy from Brooklyn, New York that owned a company. They would test pilot multiple campaigns, get them off the ground and then start business models off of them. Right. And I was so sick of being going to these interviews and they would see like, they would see all my tattoos. I got tattoos on the neck and they're like, dude, you can't work here. You got too many tattoos. So I called the piece of paper and I was talking to human resources and I'm like, listen, before I come in there, I live in a halfway house. I got like fucking a hundred days clean from, from drugs. I don't have a license. Uh, like I covered in tattoos. Covered in tattoos. I told them everything that was supposed to disqualify. Yeah. Right. And they go, yeah, come in for an interview. And I was like, holy smokes. So I went in (laughs) And they got, there was 200 people on Agents. the phones. Oh. And I was like, dude, I saw some guys with like teardrop tattoos. <laughs> and like, there was the nice cars out in the driveway. And I'm like, these guys look just like me. Yeah. So, and they were all over the phones. Did the interview. And during the interview, this is zero sales background. He goes, Pick something out in this room and sell it to me. And I didn't, like, I was so nervous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I told him, I'm like, I don't know what, I don't know what to sell you. And he goes, my watch, sell me my watch. Still today, I have no clue what I said. And then I got done with it and he was like, bro, that was phenomenal. <laughs> and I'm like. You're yeah, good, because I just blacked yeah, out. Yeah, I don't, well, can we, can we yeah. pull the tape? Like, I don't even know what and I said. And I told him, I'm like, yeah. dude, I was so nervous. I don't yeah. even know what I said to you. And he goes, bro, you can start on Monday. And from like, for a year and a half, dude, I just kept leveling up yeah. in this company. Yeah. yeah, and it was the first time I ever did a commission based job. Yeah, and my family in the beginning was like, "Dude, you went from a union carpenter to a telemarketer. Like, what are you doing? Like, you're supposed to be moving forward in life." Yeah. So for me, all I needed to do was prove I could make as much as a union carpenter. Yeah. And I would shut my family up, yeah. right? Yep. Within a year and a half, dude, I was the number one sales guy in the entire organization. And it was not 
because I was the most talented guy. Yeah. It was because I was the first one there every single day with a lunchbox waiting for them to open the front door. Yeah. And you were on a mission. I was on a mission, bro. Yeah. Um, in a serious mission at this point. Like, yeah, I, I mean, you're 28, 29 years old. What the fuck am I doing with my life? Somebody threw you a life vest. Yep. And you're going to run with it as far as you can run with it. Just like we talked about earlier, us taking the views for granted. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you find, you, you saw the $147. You had to go through that. Yes. So to fill that so that it could light the, the, the fire in Eric to be the number one performer. Right? Yeah. You just needed an opportunity. And I think a lot of people that have a, have a speckled, speckled past, past. Um, <laughs> you know, that they, they, they don't, I, if they stay clean, Yep. They will be the best of the best of the best because they're an addict. Yep. They're going to get addicted to the money. They're yep. going to get addicted to the high or the chase of yep. the sell. Yeah. There's so many things that are common with drug use and sales, the yeah. chase of the high, the getting it. I need the next hit. Yeah. I need to get back on and make that next, you know. So um, unfortunately, there's just not a lot of people like that, though, yeah. that could keep their nose clean for a long enough period of time. But anytime I see somebody with a story like yours that has enough time in between a, a, a complete shit show train wreck yep. and uh, who they are today, as long as they can create a gap, yeah. I've seen them do absolute casing. <laughs> yep. For instance, me, you, you know, yeah. like I've seen a lot of amazing, amazing addicts because they're an addict regardless. Yeah. It just depends on whether they turn you know, their addict self onto something negative or positive because mm -hmm. you're not going to play halfway. No, that's just not your personality. Right? No, nope. like if you're going to drink, you're going to get fucking smashed. Yeah, yeah. Like you don't have a sipper. I'm ruining yeah, all yeah. relationships. Yeah. I'm getting kicked out. Yeah, I'm yeah. not welcome back. <laughs> yeah. Every, like, time I, every time I do something, bro, like we were talking about it like not more than a week ago or whatever, because I used to chew. And I didn't even call it like taking a dip. It was always a gagger. Yeah. If everybody took a little pinch, I wanted half the can. Yeah. Just, you know, if somebody wants to run two miles, I'm going to run 20. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, just, there's no halfway with yeah. it. Yeah. So, and, and, and if you're listening to this and your, your life is a train wreck and you're in the middle of drug use or alcohol abuse or whatever it is that's going on, just create enough separation between where you're at today and like, your addict personality, just find an opportunity and attach yourself to it. Yeah. Your personality will do the rest. Yeah. Right. And yeah. that's really what it comes down to. But you did separate, it sounds like, from the environment that you were in. You put yourself in a new environment, gave yourself opportunities for something new and different to happen. Mm -hmm. You you got away from the, you know, away from Chicago, away and all of a sudden you started to flourish, right? Yeah. It was just the opportunity, right? You could have been the best busboy ever, too. You is never that, know. Is that where you're... Uh, <laughs> yeah, you could have. No. No. I don't know, no, dude. No, I, couldn't no, keep, no. I couldn't keep those fucking wine yeah. glasses on yeah. the thing. Yeah. Every time I yeah. spun a corner, they were... <laughs> so, Addicts don't like that, what they're not good at. Yeah. Either, you know? Is that so. where the opportunity for that, that business um, ownership came from? Was that call center or... So the experience did, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, after a year and a half, I was, I hate to say, it, well, it is what it is. I was, I, I felt I cared more about the company yeah. than the owner did. Yeah. And, um, I, I literally, I was the first one there and the, they, when they were click the lights to shut it off at the end of the night, they would have to ask me to get up from the cubicle. Yeah. And, um, I, I ended up talking to Shiloh, my wife, and I'm like, Honey, I, I think we can do this. Yeah. 
Like she at the time was running in the back office, learning the administrative shit and all yeah. that. And I'm out there crushing the sales floor. And uh, I told her, I'm like, let's, let's go and do our own thing. And yeah. it wasn't even any of the models they had underneath their umbrella. Right. Yeah. I was at a, a, a meeting or a function or something. And some guy was like, Hey, I heard of this business model where you can get people out of timeshares. I didn't even know what a timeshare was. Right. And, uh, he goes, it's pretty simple. It's all phone sales. And, uh, my wife and I bought a literally a stack of leads and, uh, it was about that thick paper yeah. Yeah. name, number resort. Right. Yeah. And I worked that list for like a year it's and all a half. all a good sales guy needs is yeah. a piece of paper, paper with a name dude. and a phone number. That's how it that, started. That, that's how yeah. that, That's how it was back in the day. Yeah. Then you got your pen and pen, you know, you take your little notes. And, yeah. You know, go and through, I, flip your sheets and go through them again and yeah. again and again and again. Until they were all, all crossed, crossed out. out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> worked that list for a year and a half. And uh, I we started a business and didn't even know how to do the fulfillment. So I got people on the phone. My wife was the fronter. We had yeah. two cordless phones. We were working in a fourth bedroom in a basement of a home we were renting out. And she would use the first cordless phone, get the people on the phone, hand me the wireless cordless. I'd go upstairs. She grabbed the second cordless <laughs> start and start dialing again. <laughs> yeah. And we were saying, hey, you know, there was a pitch that we, you want out of a timeshare. She was just yeah. basically setting you up. Yeah. Yeah. And so people would... The ones I would sign up, yeah, I want out of a timeshare. Cool, we'd have them sign this contract. And then we ended up going to other companies that were in this industry and being like, hey, How do you, we'll, we'll yeah, pay, pay you, you a fee for, for, for fulfillment. Yeah. For fulfillment. So we paid for fulfillment for the yeah. first year, year and a half. Yeah. And then it, um, we had that business for nine and a half years. It went from that bedroom to where we were the largest timeshare exit company in the United States. And we had uh, over 150 people working under one roof. I had over 100 people in the sales pit. Uh, we ran that thing from 9 a.m. until 2 a.m. in the morning, every single day. Yeah, And uh, we were doing over 34 million a year in gross sales. Went to uh, a guy that was getting my wife and I a mortgage for a home. Yeah was like, bro, have you guys ever thought about selling this business? And it, I looked at him like he was crazy. I'm like, what yeah, do you mean sell a yeah. business? And he goes- Barely know how to start it and yeah, run it. And we're, well, I'm we like, are, dude, I don't even know how to spell yeah. entrepreneur. Yeah. Like, yeah. what do you mean sell a I business? Still don't, I don't need <laughs> the spot right now. <laughs> and uh, like, it was the experience we went through starting the business, growing that business, getting ready to sell that business, structuring it to sell the business. We ended up bringing in some very high level people uh, just to structure it yeah, for us. Yeah. A broker came in to broker the deal for us. Uh, we ended up sending it out. Once we had everything ready to roll, they sent it out to over 300 private equity firms. And we had offers all the way from uh, $147 million for 100% of the business to uh, 54 million for 51% of the business. Uh, the f big one ended up dropping off. Yeah, the 100 mil one. The 147 yeah, ended up dropping off. Yeah. Um, we actually ended up going with the 54 
that uh, because the way it was pitched is, hey, retain 49%, and on the second sale, it'll be a big one as well. Yeah. yeah. They wanted to keep me on for two years to continue to keep the sales rolling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, they had done all their due diligence. Everything was done. They did their financial due diligence to make sure it was structured properly, everything. And uh, we had a closing date that was 60 days away. And I was flying into Chicago to go visit my family for Christmas. Let them know you're all rich as fuck. Dude, we were. Y'all going to be good. I was. (laughs) <laughs> my wife and I were planning. Yeah. We'd already had the trip planned. We were yeah. bringing everybody to Hawaii. Yeah. Like it was, dude, it was the American The money was dream, already bro. in the bank almost I mentally, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Taste it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, we were making good money at the time, my wife and I. I mean, we were netting between, like at the peak of it. Yeah. We were netting between six to eight million a year. Mm. Um, so we, we kept it at a, a decent profit margin. We had another business partner. Um and then when the plane hit to where your cell phones start going off, because yeah. I don't get internet when I'm in the air, I yeah. just relax. And uh, we hit and my phone just started blowing up and I'm like, what is going on? And I opened it up. My attorneys, the the broker, he goes, dude, you just got slapped with a lawsuit by uh, one of the largest timeshare developers in the world. And I was like, fuck, that sucks. And the private equity firm, said, we're good with that. We'll actually still buy you with that lawsuit. And then uh, a week later, the same attorney, Carbon 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 Copied lawsuit from the second biggest developer Mm. got thrown on us. So they just started probably talking to each other. So we got to take this guy out. They, we were going to be the first exit company ever acquired. Mm. in that industry. Yeah. And uh we got hit our companies and us personally were being sued. Mm. And the private equity firm backed out and for two and a half years I ended up dude I had to stand in front of at the time we had 140 some team members. I had to stand in front of every single one of them, file a chapter 11 on the business let every single one of them go. Mm. They threw, appointed a trustee immediately, and uh, they drug us through the mud for two and a half years. Yeah, Two and a half years, absolute hell, dude. So why did you have to shut it down during that time? Was there like something in the lawsuit that said like a cease and desist or something like that, and you had to stop doing what you were doing for that period of time while they were investigating things or the lawsuit was going on or whatever? Yeah, so... Yeah. We, they, they came after us for our marketing because we would offer a hundred percent money back guarantee to get somebody out of a timeshare. Mm. So it, it, they were frivolous lawsuits, but they were just trying to bleed you They They had more money than you and they wanted to bleed you dry. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're at this point, we're fighting two multi-billion yeah, dollar, dollar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. companies. Yeah. They, it was, it was the big guy just destroying the little guy. Yeah. Yeah. So when they had come in and the, the trustee was appointed, um, we, the, the timeshare developers had all got together. They do, um, like masterminds essentially. Yeah. 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 Annual meetings or some Annual shit. meetings. Yeah. And they had, they had made it a mission that anybody that had signed a contract, they were not letting them out of a timeshare. So we had, we were signing up 
at that time, we were signing up between 600 and 650 timeshare owners a month. Mm. So, I mean. So dude, your money back guarantee hurt you. They were. In the end. Oh, yeah. 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 That's crazy. But. Yeah. Like we were talking about last night. Like, dude, it. it um, I just really like where you're at right now, too. Where you're Love just like. It. Listen. Like, I know how to sell. Yeah. I'm jumping in this new game I know nothing about, but I know yep. my sales process works. And what you said to me at dinner last night, I was like, dude, that's what people need to hear, man, is this whole industry is just, like, disqualifying people. And they're just like, we have a problem, we have a mind. problem. And it's like, well, you guys don't, a lead problem. They're all blaming it on the leads, which is what everybody does in every business, every industry, because <laughs> sales is the lifeblood of every company. Yeah. Yep. But there's always a complaint from like these weak ass salesmen of like, it's the leads, it's the leads, it's the leads. And it's like, no, it's a closing problem. You have a conversion problem. Yeah. Get better, yeah. get better, get better. Yeah. yeah. Like, Not dude, leads. Eric, yeah. you jumped into this industry and you know, was nothing about, and he's crushing all these companies that have been around for years. Yeah. And the sales part of it, right? Mm, yeah. So. Uh, tell, tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So it was, uh, we settled two and a half years ago. Right. Yeah. And I was, I didn't know what I was going to do. Yeah. Imagine t within 72 hours, your guys' business gets, f it's washed gone. away. Yeah. Washed yeah, away. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And for me, that was my first shot at being an entrepreneur. Right. And mm. it went well. And I thought like I was an expert at timeshare exit. Yeah. That's what I thought I was an expert in. Mm. And it was sales and marketing. Yeah. And I like for a year and a half, I was even telling my wife, I'm like, what what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? Oh my God, we can't get people out of timeshares no more. Well, she she's like, I remember the day. It was on a Wednesday, still like it was like eight, nine o'clock in in the morning. She comes into the room, barges through, and she's like, dude, you need to get your ass up and go do what you're good at. And she goes, Go sell something yeah and that day bro i got into the wholesaling space and um don't know anything about real estate bought some homes for me and my wife right but outside of buying a house for yeah. my family i didn't know shit and a guy was telling me he goes eric this is the exact business model you had take out timeshare insert home it's the same thing yeah so day one i uh it took me like a couple days to get my first deal, I think, under contract. But since then, it's just been off. I did not overcomplicate this. Right. I knew, like, I it, it in the very beginning, I did pay somebody just to get some baseline KPIs. Yeah, foundation. Because right. yeah. I didn't know, yeah. like, I didn't know shit. How many leads do a contract? Like, all this stuff. What should my average deal size be? Yeah. So, as soon as I got the baseline of, of uh, KPIs to go off of, it's been just hitting the ground running, man. I mean, very short period of time. We've done just north of 3.5 million. Yeah. Uh, my first 12 months did 2.6 Yeah. in 12 months uh, with a net of just over a million. And uh, it feels great, dude, to be yeah. back on the saddle. Yeah. It really does. Like, <laughs> I still today, and I tell my team, the day it goes away where I'm getting ready to make an offer and I don't get the bubble guts or my fucking armpits start sweating and like I'm standing up just all jacked up. When I lose that feeling, I'll have yeah. to go do something else. Yep. But I love You're still chasing sales the high, bro. today. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. just a process, right? Yeah. And then you get the cat. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's fun to make, make a lot of money, but 
you love performing at your peak. Yeah. Right. And the process makes you perform at your peak. Yeah. The process creates an outcome yep. when you're performing at your peak, which is making lots of money. Yeah. But the idea is, are you putting yourself in the environments that you're great? Right. You continue to put yourself in the environment where you're great, just like your wife said. You're like, dude, get your ass out. You, you're not great <laughs> laying there in bed. No. Bro. Like, maybe you are a great napper or a sleeper. I don't fucking <laughs> know. Uh, but at the end of the day, dude, that wasn't your calling. No. Right. And so she knew what it was maybe before you even realized it like shit. And how many times do people get thrown a curveball and they just think that they're just good at this thing mm -hmm. when they're good in general at something, you just happen to do that thing with your talents, yeah. right? Yep. And you can convert that to probably 10 different businesses, right? Especially yeah. sales. I mean, that's thousands <laughs> of different businesses. You can do whatever the hell you want as long as you yeah. pick up a phone and call a lead, right? I like, I like what you said, though. Um, Take out timeshares, insert homes. It's the same thing. It's really like that across the board in most industries. Like if like I wanted to, if 72 hours, my business is washed away. I don't know. I went and got a job at an HVAC company. Yep. I would figure out really quick how they get their leads, what their sales process is, what their fulfillment process is. And I would probably be starting my own pretty soon. Yep. You know what I mean? And it's like that HVAC plumbing, you know, uh, counting, you know, wholesaling, yeah. you know, yeah, it's yeah. like, it's really like that across the board, man. It's like you, once you know the sales game and how do people get the leads, now you just got to figure out the other side, which is how do you fulfill these customers, right? How do you fulfill it? You know, yeah. and, and well, you can always hire that, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Like if you're not an HVAC guy, but you were there to support, you can, and you're great at marketing, you're great at sales, bring somebody on that maybe has a little bit of sliver of equity or ownership, or you, you pay them a little bit better than the last guy. They can be out there servicing the, the units. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't matter. I mean, I remember early on when we first started our Instagram account, there was um, some lady or something that says, Oh, you guys are CPAs. I was like, no, you guys, she, or she goes, how do you guys own an accounting firm? But you guys said that you didn't go to college. You got to go be a C I'm like, no, you don't have to be a CPA to own an accounting firm. Yeah. You could, I, like, is Elon Musk building the fucking, is he a right. rocket scientist? Right. Is he a car <laughs> maker? No. He's the guy that hires the rocket scientists yep. and the car makers. He's the money, the brains, the cells, the marketing Visionary. that drives everything. Yep. And he can hire the people that are great at what they're great at that don't want to take the risks. Yep. Right? Like, there's plenty of doctors. Like I said, if you want to start a doctor's office, hire a doctor for a quarter million a year that probably just doesn't want to take the risk that wants to work nine. And now you have a family practice. Yep. That doesn't mean that you have to be the doctor just because you own the, the family practice, right? Yeah, yeah. Like there's plenty of people that just want to show up, do their thing mm -hmm. and what they're great at yeah. and go home because business is hard. It's stressful. There's a lot of pain and there's a lot of misery and a lot of people can't, can't hack it. Like yeah. that just is what it is. There's a lot that goes along with it, right? There's our great salespeople that just can't hack it in business and they're just good at sales just in general, yep. right? Yeah. Yep. So, but the greats, I would say the great, great, great salespeople, those are the type of people, the reason why they're great is because they figure it out. Mm -hmm. Like give me an opportunity and I'll figure it out. I don't yep. care what, what type of hell I got to walk through. If anything, it's just going to forge me into the individual that I have to become. It's not going to burn me down, yeah. right? And you got to go into that shit with that type of a mindset because it's a long walk through hell. It is a long walk, yeah. man. <laughs> Let it forge you, you know, mm -hmm. not burn you down. So mm -hmm. um, right now you're in the process of, you know, continuing to build and grow your wholesaling business. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. And so what does that, what does that look like? Do you have, you know, five people, 10 people, 20 people right now kind of working with you and you're continuing to try to grow that or 
Like what's your goals for the next three to five years with your wholesaling business? Great question, man. In the process right now of having a 6,000 square foot office bit out, built out. Okay. Uh, in six, we'll launch January 1st out of the new office. Okay. Um, we've been in, so I, we launched an office uh, May of last year in Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay. Found out real quick, all right, this is a scalable business model. Yeah. The office we're in is not one it's not set up for the culture that we want to provide yeah so uh we'll be moving offices right now what does the company look like there's uh there's 10 of us yeah in in our office right now i got uh two right now two full-time closers two more starting on monday when i get back uh we have uh dispenses are you going through a turnover like the set like sales people that think that Hey, I want to make good money, but they just, they don't have the work ethic, the drive, the hustle, all that, you you, you know, I mean, running sales teams. I mean, we've had a lot of people now we've done it for so long that we kind of have a great core group of people, but how long, how many people did we have to go through to find a great core group of people? Right. And I'm just wondering if that's still the same game out there, you know, 17 months, 14 closers. Yeah. And I could have went through probably 30 if I had the time. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like it cost a lot of time and money to br- to energy time yeah, everything all of it yeah. So um, the new office is set up for eight closers, the most I've ever ha- or that we've ever had. I have two business partners, my wife and Tony. The most we've ever had on the phones at one time right now has been three, okay. and we were able to like break between four fifty or I'd say three fifty to four fifty consistently. 350 to 450,000 a month consistently yeah, yeah. with just three. Yeah. Um, where, so when we move into the, to the new office, obviously expand the teams, right? Of course. Um, we want to start buying more instead of wholesaling every single property. Mm. Like we got the marketing machine down gotcha. and now what we want to do is start, I'm actually getting ready to join yeah. Kent's yeah. Um, mastermind. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't been in one, a high level one. And it uh, right now we're just, we're so in our bubble. Yeah. We're not absorbing any more knowledge. Yeah. It's a game changer. It it is. And we need that. We know if we stay where we're at and not in one of those groups for much longer, we're going to be going backwards. Yeah. Uh, Like super confident we need to be in one. And, uh, well, you can live a decent life, life as is. But that's not what you're about. You're uh, you're maxing out what yeah. you're trying to do, right? You're an addict. Yeah. You're going to go all the way. You're going to go hard. Yeah. And you're going to do everything that you can to exhaust all options to be the best of the best. Yeah, yeah. And that's what you're currently doing. You're spending the money to invest in yourself to get a bigger vision, more ideas, more creativity flowing, just being mm-hmm. in new rooms, right? Yeah. That's what we've talked about for the last yeah, couple of years. super valuable for yeah, us. Absolutely. I, I need to be uncomfortable, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right now, I, I, can't, I can't be, or my two partners, we can't be the man, right? Like, and that's what we are. Like, with our team and everything, we need to go and be, I need to be around fucking guys like you yeah. often. Yeah. And we have not done that. So when we, when we move in, the part of, finding that group is to where we can really expand the business the mm. way I know it can be scaled. Mm. Yeah. Um, we want to buy uh, long-term and short-term rentals. We still have not a hundred percent found our niche yeah. on what lane we're going to go down as far as the real estate side of it. Um, but we got the marketing machine 
to pluck as many deals as we want from and it. And you can wholesale those deals. Explain what wholesaling is real quick, just so that anybody that's listening, like we say the word wholesaling yeah. and it's all good and dandy because we know what it is. Well, yeah, there but is, like there you is say the word wholesaling in other industries too. Like remember wholesale universe? Like, oh, we yeah. get stuff yeah, with? Like, like on like actually ship, they, they buy stuff wholesale from higher. Yeah. And they yeah. sell higher on all these other platforms, Amazon, eBay, whatever. Yeah. Right. But so, I would say, I mean, you talked is, to me three or four years ago or whatever, the version of me, then somebody says they wholesale real estate. I'd be like, what, what does that mean? Yeah. You know it, what I mean? It's super. I thought that yeah, 18 yeah. months ago. I'm like, yeah. what, what is wholesaling? Yeah. Right. So it's, we find homeowners that want to sell at a discount for speed and convenience, right? We put their home under a, uh, under contract, for example, hundred grand. And uh, we, there's a clause within the contract that we've signed that says we can assign our rights to Just, a buyer, mm. to an end buyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we get it for a hundred. We turn around and we sell it to either an institutional buyer, hedge funds, yeah, or we sell it to private buyers, a local fix and flipper or buy and hold guy that or gal that's going to keep it for his his or her rental portfolio. You're their eyes and ears out there. We're their marketing. They mm. like to buy yeah. deals. They yeah. don't know how to find deals. Yeah. yeah. So we take that contract for a hundred. We assign it for a hundred and twenty thousand at closing we're going to get stroked a check for 20 grand. Mm -hmm. That's wholesaling. Yeah. So you're on the phone, pounding the phones, getting deals and trying to make on average, you know, 20 to 50 grand a deal. Is that kind of yes. the numbers or, you know, yep. depending on the size of mm -hmm. the property or whatever it is. So our average deal right now is just north of 21 grand. Gotcha. Yeah. I've been wanting to learn a little bit more about it because I, w I want to build my own real estate portfolio, right? So um, obviously if I knew how to go find deals and I had people doing it, cause I don't have the time to go do that. Yeah. Um, I'm like, oh man, I want to, I want to get those type of properties to turn into my long-term rentals, yeah. right? I want to yeah. keep the ones, the cherry pick, the ones that are like, dude, this is too good. I just want to keep it, right? Yeah. There's too much so juice in it. I'm yeah. going to make you an offer. If you start finding deals, then you need to bring partners in. Hit us up, dude. Like, I'll be like, hey, man, you, you yeah. got a good one you want to partner on for the long term? Cool. Like, yeah. what do we got to do? How much cash we got to throw down? Whatever, yeah. right? And start building the, that passive income stream. Yeah. Plus, I can help handle the accounting on all of it. So. I love it. So do you guys, <laughs> you, uh, you guys run your own marketing campaigns, like Facebook type stuff, or is it just, I mean, you don't got to, I, I don't want you to go, you know, uh, share all your secrets. For share, I'm you an know, open book or, though, man. You know, I like, really am. Okay. Uh, we do cold calling. Okay. Uh, the cold so, callers are in Egypt. So basically your cold calling uh, is, have they been just, good? Um, you just Amazing. get a list of people uh, that own homes, period. That yeah, just, we that, buy data in bulk. Okay. Yeah. I can, I can Pennies. buy every, uh, address in St. George. Yeah. And then we send it out to a company that skip traces the, the data. Yeah. We're going to find the best three most recent phone numbers attached to that home and name. And then once we have that data, we send it over to a call center uh, in Egypt that pounds through that data and gets the name connected to the number. And for me, all I'm looking for is someone that says, yeah, that's my house. I'm willing to sell it. Here's my time frame, 90 days or less. Yeah. Any more than that. I don't, I don't need any more than that right. from a cold call company. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'd rather take quantity over quality when it's coming from a cold call company. Yeah. Cause you got the closing ability. I and want you're my teaching people. Yes. That. Yeah. Yep. If they got through that call in Egypt, there's, there's got to be, 
There's a level of motivation. Exactly. Yeah. That they want to sell their house. Right. And those phone calls are three to five minutes long. Yeah. I've never stayed on the phone with somebody that called me out of the blue for three to five minutes about my house selling it and gave them information. Yeah, it's three beds, two baths. Yeah. 1975. I'll sell within 90 days, and here's the reason why. I've never answered those questions over the phone. Yeah. I would hang up. Right. So if someone's willing to go through that, I want to talk to them. Absolutely. Right? You know what's crazy is we've tried we've tried Colombia, we've tried Philippines, we've tried uh, India. Like, yeah. it's like for the cold calling stuff. Like, yeah. we have tried these um, countries' centers, yeah. and they are great at certain things. But as far as sales, like, we were trying to do just appointment setting from raw yeah. data, and, like, they weren't great, dude. They just wouldn't – they just couldn't get us the – the, the actual Same hot conversion. lead, right? Yeah. And that's so, our bread uh, and butter. That's cool that yeah. Egypt is another spot. I never knew that, actually. I never th- heard yeah. about Egypt. Most of them, I think it's mandatory. They have to be uh, go to college. Mm-hmm. So majority of them are college educated. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. And we can... And they speak well. Dude, there's, there's, there is a language barrier. Yeah. But we've been doing... And, almost two years, we've got to hand pick the ones where they could be sitting in yeah. this room right now with us talking and you would have no clue they're from Egypt. Yeah. Mm. Their English is that good. Yeah. So we do cold calling and then we do um, PPC. Yeah. And we're right now we buy in North Carolina, Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, and... Uh, so you, they're looking at red states too, just like the majority of people in real estate, they're looking for red states that are better for you know uh renters or yeah, yeah economically or anything like that or do you not purposely target red blue whatever dude i don't put that much thought into it you're like yo you you got a pulse in a house <laughs> bro i want to talk i to you. Yeah. as soon because <laughs> yeah. like i have a, a sales training enough yeah. people have come through there and i i where are you doing deals where are you doing deals i and i get everybody's deal count yeah you know how many deals you do in a month what's your average spread Heard that state in town yeah. way too many times yeah. by data. Yeah. We're going into that town. Yeah. And that's the thing. I was, that's that's how we do, do it. Overthink <laughs> it, you know? A lot Don't of people probably do. It. Yeah. A lot of probably people probably overcomplicate it, man, because they're sucked into the whole political stuff. They're like, well, I just want to invest in those states, right? Because these well, blue I've states are disarray, which is true. Some of them are, right? People, they're like, I just try to focus on like red states. You know, they seem, you know, if, if you're getting monthly uh, if you're doing it for the monthly checks, right? Just rent long term, you know, whatever. Yeah. They just prefer the rent mm-hmm. states, and so I've I heard that too. If yeah, that mm. was a thing of yours as well. And never once thought yeah, about it. Like yeah. That. Um, so, is that the only place that you've tried was Egypt, or did you have to go through a bunch of different cold calling places to find the one that actually worked for you? I went through one other one in Colombia. Yeah, it wasn't scalable. Yeah. Yeah, it was just a the individual was doing a different model with his cold callers. Yeah, and uh, so you control the scripts, all that. You work with them, hundred yeah, percent of it. Yeah, they're yeah. just yeah. Okay. Yep. You can. How about um your other streams of income, man? Because like every business, you have to monetize to grow and scale. And like, not only are you going into your own real estate portfolio, doing the wholesaling, mm-hmm. but you're teaching people how to sell. Yeah. And that's what I picked up on last night, man. Is you're like, dude, these people, like, there's a problem in this whole industry because the wholesaling industry is big. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's and massive. it's and oh, it's yeah. competitive. Yeah. And here yeah. you are jumping in the game, and there's no excuses. You're like, dude, the leads, the, yeah. the leads are fine. Yeah. Right. Like, I need yeah. to know how to sell. So he told me last night. He's like, man, I just put a, an offer out. Like, let me give do a free sales training tell us a little bit about that and how that's evolving for you yeah so it's i think you would ask uh someone asked me at dinner last night what do you learn from the 
the last experience with my first business. Yeah. And it was, I had all my eggs in one basket. Yeah. And when your revenue stream gets cut off overnight, Mm-hmm. you fucking panic. Yeah. Right. You, I don't, you, you had enough money to create other sources of income yeah, too. So that wasn't the excuse. It was right? no yeah. excuse. Yeah. 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 Um, and a wise man once told me, Hey, not everything lasts forever. Right. And I never, it, it went on deaf ears. Mm-hmm. So coming into this space, I'm like, that will never happen to me and my family ever again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If one gets knocked off, I got two more that's going to keep us us rolling. Yeah. So that was my biggest, one of my biggest takeaways from that whole experience. And when I came into the wholesaling space, I started green to wholesaling, right? Yeah. Not, not the entrepreneurial life in building businesses, but I started popping on lives, going to events. And with my sales or my background being primarily sales, I start listening to the people that were giving advice on it. And yeah. I'm like, man, their, their message is not what I believe yeah. it should be. Right. And running a team at scale, uh, the message was pretty much spin to win. Yeah. The low hanging fruit. You want to get on the phone with somebody and disqualify that lead as fast as you can. And I'm like, that is the first time I've ever heard somebody say, Try to disqualify a lead. Like just piss the money, the marketing dollars. All sales is, here's the qualifying questions. Yeah. Yeah, I've never heard of disqualifying questions. It was disqualified. So I was like, I'm going to, I saw a hole in this industry and I had, I didn't have any intentions on going into this whole, Hey, I'm going to be a sales coach. Um, I came into this space to just build a business and get a rental portfolio, passive income, all that jazz. And uh, I did a free Zoom just on a, on a whim one time. And yeah. my wife set up a, a, a Zoom account and it was limited to 100 people. And I just made a post and I'm like, hey, fill out the information if you want to do it. And I'll, I'll be there to um, teach you sales. And 100 people signed up. Mm. And I kept 100 people on that Zoom for over three hours. And I was like, damn. Was your intention just to do an hour call and it just went three like I had no, like I was just going to go on there and pour my, my, your wisdom, into my them. wisdom yeah. to a man. Like they needed it. Yeah. And, uh, at the end, like the Q and a was out of control. The, the feedback I got was I've never heard anyone talk about sales like this in this industry, you know, and yeah. there was some, some people in there that were doing some sizable numbers. You know, I think a hundred to 200 grand a month, dude, that's pretty good for a wholesale operation. Yeah. Yeah. And they were even like, bro, I've never heard someone talk like this about sales in this industry. I was like, all right, cool. Let me try that again. I told my wife, we need an account where I can get more people on than just a hundred on this zoom. Next time, 250 people signed up. And I was like, damn, to see me, like no one (laughs) knew who I was in this industry. So I was like, people must be talking about this shit. 250 people do 200 of them stayed with me for over three hours. My wife was like, dude, you got something. Yeah. Like you need well, to, you gotta, <laughs> yeah. you gotta get on this thing. So started bootstrapping uh, sales uh, training and it's my five steps. It's not a white labeled nothing. This is 13 years yeah. of living and breathing and fucking dying in call centers, uh, being around guys that I thought were straight and gals that yeah. were straight killers. Um, they didn't have the work ethic, but they had the talent. 
So I learned from so many people over the last 13 years, and uh, I've been able to create my own process tactics, my own word tracks, certain things that I do on calls. Uh, 100% of my business has been over the telephone. Yeah. Like every dollar I've earned has been with a headset on my head. Yeah. I've never done face-to-face -face sales in my yeah. life. Yeah. And as long as I can do it, I, I won't go and see people. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I know you can sit in the comfort of your office and make tons of money and yeah. have fun conversations. Like, dude, there's a, a lot of yeah. fun to be had on the phone. Yeah, you right. know, just vibing with people. You know, it's a you, sport to me, dude. Yeah. Well, yeah. like, I remembered way back in the. You remember way back in the day. I, my phone name was Terry Shaw. <laughs> was it? Yeah. Love it. Be, I, I, like, you know, I never Brad did have Shaw, an alias. And I took, I took uh, Brad off. And I'm yeah. like, Terry, they're like, I think I've heard of you. I'm like, yeah, yeah. You maybe have. Because <laughs> you know, like, I just wanted it to sound cool and powerful. Yeah. You know, when you're on the phone and you're 25 and they ask how old you are, you're like, 29. Yeah. Like you think it makes like it's four years. Yeah. Like it makes a big deal. Like you like, oh, oh, yeah, I know baby. it's all mental. Right. Uh, but so I've true. had some of the best, best years when I was just on the phone, just yep. gabbing away with people, getting to know people, you know, talking that talk. It and, is fun. Yeah. It was yeah, fun. It is Terry, fun. It's yeah. I've made millions and millions of dollars because of the phone. Like when yeah. I do have a guy, like, cause I've had some guys in here that have gotten entitled, like they move up sales manager, their goals to be off the phone. Yeah. I just want to be off the phone one day. And it's like, they've made a ton of money on the phone, but they're just like, Either one, they want the, the the next level, or two, they're like, hey, you know, like I want to step back from sales and manage more, and make you know the overrides or whatever, right? Yeah. And it's like I get it because I've had that mindset as well. But then I look at them and I'm like, bro, I'm still on the phone. Like oh, I'm still on. I'm the on the phone. phone talking to guys like you. I'm on yeah. the phone talking to customers that you know may, maybe they had a tough experience with our company. We need to fix it. I'm on the phone trying to find the next guy that can send us business. Like, bro, mm -hmm. I'm a telemarketer for life. Yeah. And it's be real, dude. The phone's never gonna go anywhere. It's yeah. a powerful way to sell. Yep. So can I promote you a little bit? Whatever you want. Okay. I, I'm not here um, to do that, but well, just because want. I've been following your stuff for yeah. months now, and you are good, dude. You're Appreciate a great that, sales guy, and so Casey saw it last night too. He's like, "Dude, we want to train with do a training with our guys." Yeah, you know, and, yeah, yeah. and like we wouldn't ask Appreciate. someone to do that unless we saw that. And so whether people are in wholesaling or not, they your steps and processes are something that can be like turnkey for any operation really I and so timeshares to homes man to exactly and so the reason i want to i say promote you is because like i talk to people all the time at masterminds and just out in the business communities like maybe i should add a call center piece to mm, to my business, business yeah. right because they got door knockers they've got whatever whether they're solar whether they're roofing yep. whether they're an hvac company like i talk about no matter what it is it's like the phone is powerful so would you invite people say hey man come jump into one of my my free trainings 100 percent. if they're just even thinking about adding a call center piece yeah. to their business yep okay yeah right now i it, it, it's funny i uh in the last like week because i I'm in the wholesale space, right? Yeah. So a lot of what I'm doing is geared towards the language, the word tracks yeah, and yeah, all yeah, that yeah, yeah, yeah. is geared towards the wholesaling. I know for me right now, that's the low hanging fruit, yeah. right? There's a lot of people in this space that need help. Yeah. But my processes and systems can go so wide. Sure. I believe uh, like one of my goals, uh, I've, I'm, I'm getting ready to come out with the GOAT the greatest onboarding acquisitions training. Oh, hell yeah. I like which that. Which is dope. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I believe, like, my goal is to be in 
every fucking call center. Yeah. Nationwide, dude. Yeah. Like, that's a goal of mine. Yeah. I can see it. Yeah. So how do they find you for the trainings? Uh, The Eric Klein. Okay. The on Instagram. I mean, that's where I mostly hang out right now. Um, Or TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. You find me on TikTok. That's how I found you. Yeah. But then yeah, I did. I was going to say, because that's how Kel found you. Well, yeah. I did. I um, at the very beginning. It was like, that one video, video, dude, yeah. that like off, hit yeah. the moon. Yeah. It was good. It was bro. the one hit that yeah. worked. You the should, one hit worked. <laughs> For now. For now, dude. Yeah. It's always the ones that you don't even try. You, like, there's been times we've posted something. I'm like, dude, this is a banger. And it yeah. goes absolutely nowhere. nowhere. And I'm like, what are you guys doing? This is the good shit. But like, you got to understand, everybody's on different, like, playing fields and like what speaks to me at the level that I'm at might not speak to, you know, somebody that makes 50 grand a year. They might be like, Oh, that's dumb. And then sometimes yeah. when we have like the most basic shit that yeah. you don't even want to post and you post it, it's like, yeah. it's just like, fuck dude. Well, dude, I mean, social media one on one, right? Like you, you're out there, um, you know, promoting, you're out there sharing stuff, adding value, all that's great. Yeah. People are going to engage with that. Um, but the stuff that is going to actually get a lot of new eyeballs on you is the shit that's going to make you feel something, mm. you know? And it's like, dude, that first video I saw, I was like, this guy's fucking good. Like, and I do have like a knack. I have, that's kind of one of my things is when I see somebody, yeah. like I went, I went from your TikTok, I went to your Instagram and that's where I messaged you. Like, bro, you should jump on our podcast, man, yeah. because your story is awesome. People need to hear it. Appreciate and that. um and that's the stuff that gets people like me and everybody else that wants to sh- jump in your inbox man yeah you know what appreciate i mean you probably that, got dude. a lot of other people messaging you yeah and i'm like dude i want to get this guy on my show like he's, he's going places right but um but yeah, it, he'll forget about but us your in story three years. yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we just wanted to catch you early dog yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. dude everyone's got to splash that stuff in there you got to think about when you're putting content out like you know, like, what, is people, what are people going to feel? Like, mm. your story at the, the stoplight, your business cell falling through. Like, dude, that's going to grab people's attention and be like, dude, I want to watch more of this guy's stuff. Then they're going to love your sales training. Then they're going to yeah. love your 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 feel-good stuff that you put out or your family stuff and all that, all that great stuff, yep. you know? That's how powerful social media is. But, like, even... I was telling him last night, I'm like, dude, we need to do more of that, too. Like, this, that, like, really good raw relevant story stuff man yeah you know because it's yeah. important i should go back to my crackhead days and dirty <laughs> bathrooms in vegas and doing deals with the mexican mafia they actually the times that i had like a gun to my head and a knife to my throat all that stuff, was not them they always did great business because they wanted you to come back <laughs> you know they took great care <laughs> yeah. of me they would add like their new drugs hey try this white yeah, yeah. you know try that yeah. like because they wanted me to come back and buy more right <laughs> and it was always the other crackheads that yeah. said that they could get something that would put a gun to your head or a knife to your throat yeah. or that would put you in some <laughs> shitty situations so um yeah we can we can reminisce <laughs> Good well dude that's most powerful yeah. man yeah. So. uh but yeah no dude i can tell you're gonna you're gonna do great things Things, bro, you're gonna add a lot of value in the whole social media world, but then also within your business and your sales training. So I think it's awesome to get you out here on our show, man. Because I think I think in a few years you're gonna be like, like I'm gonna be like, hell yeah, we had that guy on our show, man. He's crushing so. it in the space, yeah. you know. Appreciate that. So. Man. And sometimes yeah. it's nice to hear somebody else say that that's you know of a certain caliber. Because even when we sometimes think we're great, we still have doubts. We're all human beings. We're all human, dude. It don't matter. Like a lot of people put people on pedestals and be like, dude, that person's like so sure of themselves. They're confident. They're this, they're that. They know something I don't. But dude, like we all, we have a past and sometimes that, 
You know, it's dude, even even a fat person that ends up getting skinny still has to deal with that same fat person demon yep. on a day to day basis. Like we've got demons, you okay. know, or else we wouldn't have done what we've so done. True. Right. Yeah. And so it's like I just people just need to sometimes hear it from like a third party. Like, bro, like we think that you're going to do amazing, massive, big, impactful things. Yeah. Right. And so to hear that from somebody else that's at, at a different level or a higher caliber than just an average person, you can hear that from a lot of average people, but they're just like, eh, well, I'm not going to hold your opinion, you know, to the highest regard. Right. But when you hear it from somebody that you, you know, you feel like you're on that same frequency with, it means, it means yeah. a little bit more, yeah. you know what I mean? And so, um, yeah, you better not, you know, make us, liars so go off and do amazing <laughs> awesome cool impactful things over the next two years well you know uh i i like when you see we're all human dude yeah we and like we all I, i'll keep it on me i won't talk for the two of you or anyone else i'm my worst enemy yeah of course you know what i mean and uh, that's why you have to put in the work every single day to fight the old version of you to keep them yeah a hundred percent like you have to do yeah. the work just to make sure that you don't slide backwards right like the reason why i do some of the things that i do is because it's like if i don't it's just free time dude like free time don't Ooh. don't put me in a spot where i got free time Dangerous. i better be moving grooving doing something yeah. like running lifting reading at the office with my family. Like, I, I, I can't do the, the free time because yeah. that's when your boy goes ape shit. You yeah. Know what I mean? me, so. me up here by myself for too long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those two, sometimes yeah. it's a devil and an angel, and yeah. they both just want to party, and they yeah. turn the devil, and then there's a party going on. Yeah. And then my life turns to shit, you yeah. know? So yeah. uh, I, I, it's just good for listeners to hear that, man. Appreciate you it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. and to hear that from individuals it's that true, are doing man. amazing I mean, things. Some of these guys that, that we've always looked up to and then we get to know them we yeah. get in their rooms it's like oh might have the exact same battles but we all have our battles man like you, you i don't care what your level you're at i don't care if you're ed my lead build into a billion dollars or if you're you know all of our minds are going to try to protect like, us from from yeah. chaos from pain and from misery and when you go into entrepreneurship that's all it is but when you get close <laughs> to these people you see yeah. it you're like oh man like it's it's true. We all are human. We all yeah. put our pants on the same way. We, we all, all put our pants on yeah. the same way, We're, dude. We all wake up yeah. the same. Some it's, choose to deal with their demons. Other people choose to uh, go through life as a zombie and never turn to address it head on. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And that's just really, that, yeah. that's the only difference. Successful people have decided to turn and face their demon head on and tackle it and win that yeah. battle. The other individuals choose to turn a blind eye to it, act like it doesn't exist, act like it's not there, try to fit in into the groove of society, and they never face their demons. Yeah. Therefore, they never find what their it's true just, potential is. It just is, takes right? courage, yeah. man. They don't so, know how to tap into that courage yeah. to just actually make that shift. Yeah. Know? Well, bro, dude, thank you for coming out. And yeah. thank you for yeah. the podcast and sharing you know, your story, your highs, your lows, your sideways is your, you know, back yeah. on the come up, you yeah. know, all, all that stuff, you know, so Appreciate it's a super inspiring story. And like we said, you're going to do amazing things and, you know, we'll uh, try to hold on to your coattails for as long as we can while you're doing all those cool <laughs> things. So guys, if you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you reach out to him. Um, his Instagram handle, social media stuff will be in the cliff notes. Uh, make sure you share this with an individual that you think might be struggling or mm. they've got demons um, that you know about. Maybe slide it over to, hey, man, this is a cool podcast. Check this out. Because I, I would say at this point in time in history, there's a lot of people with massive, massive demons. Mm. 
uh, that they're trying to run from it rather than address it. And so I think this is a perfect episode to slide it to that homie that that uh, that you believe has potential, but that maybe they don't believe that they have potential. So yep. share the show. Guys, other than that, kick ass. We'll see you next week. Right on.